Chapter thirty eight of Izzy Popenjoy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Izzy Popenjoy by Anthony Trollope. Chapter thirty eight. The Kappa Kappa. Mrs. Montacute Jones's house in Grosvenor Place was very large and very gorgeous. On this occasion, it was very gorgeous indeed. The party had grown in dimensions. The new Moldavian dance had become the topic of general discourse. Everybody wanted to see the Kappa Kappa. Count Costi, Lord Giblet, young Sir Harry Tripletoe, and no doubt Jack de Baron also, had talked a good deal about it at the clubs. It had been intended to be a secret, and the ladies, probably, had been more reticent. Lady Florence Fitzflorence had just mentioned it to her nineteen specially intimate friends. Madame Gigi the young wife of the old bohemian minister had spoken of it only to the diplomatic set miss patmore green had been as silent as death except in her own rather large family and lady george had hardly told anybody except her father but nevertheless the secret had escaped and great efforts had been made to secure invitations i can get you to the duchess of albury's in july if you can manage it for me one young lady said to jack de baron utterly impossible said jack to whom the offered bribe was not especially attractive there won't be standing-room in the cellars i went down on my knees to mrs montacute jones for a very old friend and she simply asked me whether i was mad this was of course romance but nevertheless the crowd was great and the anxiety to see the kappa kappa universal by eleven the dancing had commenced everything had been arranged in the strictest manner whatever dance might be going on was to be brought to a summary close at twelve o'clock and then the kappa kappa was to be commenced it had been found that the dance occupied exactly forty minutes when it was over the doors of the banqueting hall would be opened the kappa kappaites would then march in to supper and the world at large would follow them lady george when she first entered the room found a seat near the hostess and sat herself down meaning to wait for the important moment she was a little flurried as she thought of various things there was the evil woman before her already dancing the evil woman had nodded at her and had then quickly turned away determined not to see that her greeting was rejected and there was augusta mildmay absolutely dancing with jack de baron and looking as though she enjoyed the fun but to mary there was something terrible in it all she had been so desirous to be happy to be gay to amuse herself and yet to be innocent her father's somewhat epicurean doctrines had filled her mind completely and what had hitherto come of it her husband mistrusted her and she at this moment certainly mistrusted him most grievously could she fail to mistrust him and she absolutely conscious of purity had been so grievously suspected as she looked round the dresses and diamonds and heard the thick hum of voices and saw on all sides the pretence of cordiality as she watched the altogether unhidden flirtations of one girl and the despondent frown of another she began to ask herself whether her father had not been wrong when he insisted that she should be taken to london would she not have been more safe and therefore more happy even down at cross hall with her two virtuous sisters-in-law what would become of her should she quarrel with her husband and how should she not quarrel with him if he would suspect her and would frequent the house of that evil woman then jack de baron came up to her talking to her father the dean liked the young man who had always something to say for himself whose manners were lively and who to tell the truth was more than ordinarily civil to lady george's father 
whether jack would have put himself out of the way to describe the kappa kappa to any other dignitary of the church may be doubted but he had explained it all very graciously to the dean so it seems that after all you are to dance with captain de baron said the dean yes isn't it hard upon me i was to have stood up with a real french count who has real diamond buttons and now i am to be put off with a mere british captain because my white frock is supposed to suit his red coat and who has the count that odiously fortunate lady florence and she has diamonds of her own i think they should have divided the diamonds madame gigi has the lord between ourselves papa and as she said this she whispered and both her father and jack bent over to hear her we are rather afraid of our lord ain't we captain de baron there has been ever so much to manage as we none of us quite wanted the lord madame gigi talks very little english so we were able to put him off upon her and does the lord talk french that doesn't signify as giblet never talks at all said jack why did you have him to tell you the truth among us all there is rather a hope that he will propose to miss patmore green dear mrs montacute jones is very clever at these things and saw at a glance that nothing would be so likely to make him do it as seeing madeline green dancing with tripletoe no fellow ever did dance so well as tripletoe or looked half so languishing you see dean there are a good many ins and outs in these matters and they have to be approached carefully the dean was amused and his daughter would have been happy but for the double care which sat heavy at her heart then jack suggested to her that she might as well stand up for a square dance all the other kappa kappaites had danced or were dancing the one thing on which she was firmly determined was that she would not be afraid of captain de baron whatever she did now she did immediately under her father's eye she made no reply but got up and put her hand on the captain's arm without spoken assent as a woman will do when she is intimate with a man upon my word for a very young creature i never saw such impudence as that woman's said a certain miss punter to augusta mildmay miss punter was a great friend of augusta mildmay and was watching her friend's broken heart with intense interest it is disgusting said augusta she doesn't seem to mind the least who sees it she must mean to leave lord george altogether or she would never go on like that de baron wouldn't be such a fool as to go off with her men are fools enough for anything said the broken-hearted one while this was going on mary danced her square dance complacently and her proud father looking on thought that she was by far the prettiest woman in the room before the quadrille was over a gong was struck and the music stopped suddenly it was twelve o'clock and the kappa kappa was to be danced it is hard in most amusements to compel men and women into disagreeable punctuality but the stopping of music will bring a dance to a sudden end there were some who grumbled and one or two declared that they would not even stay to look at the kappa kappa but mrs montacute jones was a great autocrat and in five minutes time the four couples were arranged with ample space in spite of the pressing crowd it must be acknowledged that jack de baron had given no correct idea of the dance when he said it was like a minuet but it must be remembered also that lady george had not been a party to that deceit the figure was certainly a lively figure there was much waltzing to quick time the glory of which seemed to consist in going backwards and in the interweaving of the couples without striking each other as is done in skating they were all very perfect except poor lord giblet who once or twice nearly fell into trouble during the performance they all changed partners more than once but each lady came back to her own after very short intervals all those who were not envious declared it to be very pretty and prophesied great future success for the kappa kappa 
those who were very wise and very discreet hinted that it might become a romp when danced without all the preparation which had been given to it on the present occasion it certainly became faster as it progressed and it was evident that considerable skill and considerable physical power were necessary for its completion it would be a deal too stagey for my girls said mrs conway smith whose girls had during the last ten years gone through every phase of flirtation invented in these latter times perhaps it did savor a little too much of ballet practice perhaps it was true that with less care there might have been inconveniences faster it grew and faster but still they had all done it before and done it with absolute accuracy it was now near the end each lady had waltzed a turn with each gentleman lady george had been passed on from the count to sir harry and from sir harry to lord giblet after her turn it was his lordship's duty to deliver her up to her partner with whom she would make a final turn round the dancing space and then the kappa kappa would have been danced but alas as lord giblet was doing this he lost his head and came against the count and madame gigi lady george was almost thrown to the ground but was caught by the captain who had just parted with lady florence to sir harry but poor mary had been almost on the floor and could hardly have been saved without something approaching to the violence of an embrace lord george had come into the room very shortly after the kappa kappa had been commenced but had not at once been able to get near the dancers gradually he worked his way through the throng and when he first saw the performers could not tell who was his wife's partner she was then waltzing backwards with count costi and he though he hated waltzing and considered the sin to be greatly aggravated by the backward movement and though he hated counts was still somewhat pacified he had heard since he was in the room how the partners were arranged and had thought that his wife had deceived him the first glance was reassuring but mary soon returned to her real partner and he slowly ascertained that she was in very truth waltzing with captain de baron he stood there a little behind the first row of spectators never for a moment seen by his wife but able himself to see everything with a brow becoming every moment blacker and blacker to him the exhibition was in every respect objectionable the brightness of the apparel of the dancers was in itself offensive to him the approach that had been made to the garishness of a theatrical performance made the whole thing in his eyes unfit for modest society but that his wife should be one of the performers that she should be gazed at by a crowd as she tripped about and that after all that had been said she should be tripping in the arms of captain de baron was almost more than he could endure close to him but a little behind stood the dean thoroughly enjoying all that he saw it was to him a delight that there should be such a dance to be seen in a lady's drawing-room and that he should be there to see it it was to him an additional delight that his daughter should have been selected as one of the dancers these people were all persons of rank and fashion and his girl was among them quite as their equal his girl who some day should be marchioness of brotherton and it gratified him thoroughly to think that she enjoyed it that she did it well that she could dance so that standers-by took pleasure in seeing her dancing his mind in the matter was altogether antagonistic to that of his son-in-law then came the little accident the dean with a momentary impulse put up his hand and then smiled well pleased when he saw how well the matter had been rectified by the captain's activity but it was not so with lord george he pressed forward into the circle with so determined a movement that nothing could arrest him till he had his wife by the arm everybody of course was staring at him the dancers were astounded mary apparently thought less of it than the others for she spoke to him with a smile it is all right george i was not in the least hurt it is disgraceful said he in a loud voice 
Come away. Oh, yes, she said. I think we had finished. It was nobody's fault. Come away. I will have no more of this. Is there anything wrong? asked the dean with an air of innocent surprise. The offended husband was almost beside himself with passion. Though he knew that he was surrounded by those who would mock him, he could not restrain himself. Though he was conscious at the moment that it was his special duty to shield his wife, he could not restrain his feelings. The outrage was too much for him. There is very much the matter, he said aloud. Let her come away with me. Then he took her under his arm and attempted to lead her away to the door. Mrs. Montacute Jones had, of course, seen it all, and was soon with him. Pray do not take her away, Lord George, she said. Madam, I must be allowed to do so, he replied, still pressing on. I would prefer to do so. Wait till her carriage is here. We will wait below. Good night. Good night. And so he went out of the room with his wife on his arm, followed by the dean. Since she had perceived that he was angry with her, and that he had displayed his anger in public, Mary had not spoken a word. She had pressed him to come and see the dance, not without a purpose in her mind. She meant to get rid of the thraldom to which he had subjected her when desiring her not to waltz, and had done so in part when she obtained his direct sanction at Lady Brabazon's. No doubt she had felt that, as he took liberties as to his own life, as he received love-letters from an odious woman, he was less entitled to unqualified obedience than he might have been had his hands been perfectly clean. There had been a little spirit of rebellion engendered in her by his misconduct, but she had determined to do nothing in secret. She had asked his leave to waltz at Lady Brabazon's, and had herself persuaded him to come to Mrs. Montacute Jones's. Perhaps she would have hardly dared to do so had she known that Captain de Baron was to be her partner. While dancing she had been unaware of her husband's presence, and had not thought of him. When he had first come to her she had in truth imagined that he had been frightened by her narrow escape from falling. But when he bade her come away with that frown on his face, and with that awful voice, then she knew it all. She had no alternative but to take his arm and to come away. She had not courage enough. I had better perhaps say impudence enough, to pretend to speak to him or to any one near him with ease. All eyes were upon her, and she felt them. All tongues would be talking of her, and she already heard the ill-natured words. Her own husband had brought all this upon her, her own husband, whose love-letter from another woman she had so lately seen, and so readily forgiven. It was her own husband who had so cruelly, so causelessly subjected her to shame in public, which could never be washed out or forgotten. And who would sympathize with her? There was no one now but her father. He would stand by her. He would be good to her. But her husband, by his own doing, had willfully disgraced her. Not a word was spoken till they were in the cloak-room, and then Lord George stalked out to find the brougham, or any cab that might take them away from the house. Then, for the first time, the dean whispered a word to her. Say as little as you can to him to-night, but keep up your own courage. Oh, Papa, I understand it all. I will be with you immediately after breakfast. You will not leave me here alone? Certainly not, nor till you are in your carriage. But listen to what I am telling you. Say as little as you can till I am with you. Tell him that you are unwell to-night, and that you must sleep before you talk to him. Ah, you don't know, Papa. I know that I will have the thing put on a right footing. Then Lord George came back, having found a cab. He gave his arm to his wife and took her away without saying a word to the dean. At the door of the cab the dean bade them both good-night. "'God bless you, my child,' he said. "'Good-night. You'll come to-morrow. 
Certainly. Then the door was shut, and the husband and wife were driven away. Of course this little episode contributed much to the amusement of Mrs. Montacute Jones's guest. The Kappa Kappa had been a very pretty exhibition, but it had not been nearly so exciting as that of the jealous husband. Captain de Baron, who remained, was, of course, a hero. As he could not take his partner into supper, he was honored by the hand of Mrs. Montacute Jones herself. "'I wouldn't have had that happen for a thousand pounds,' said the old lady. "'Nor I for ten, said Jack. "'Has there been any reason for it? "'None in the least. "'I can't explain of what nature is my intimacy with Lady George, "'but it has been more like that of children than grown people. "'I know. "'When grown people play at being children, it is apt to be dangerous. "'But we had no idea of the kind. "'I may be wicked enough. "'I say nothing about that. "'But she is as pure as snow.' Mrs. Jones, I could no more dare to press her hand than I would to fly at the sun. Of course I like her, and she likes you. I hope so, in that sort of way. But it is shocking that such a scene should come from such a cause. Some men, Captain de Baron, don't like having their handsome young wives liked by handsome young officers. It's very absurd, I grant. Mrs. Jones and Captain de Baron did really grieve at what had been done. But to others the tragedy coming after the comedy had not been painful. "'What will be the end of it?' said Miss Patmore Green to Sir Harry. "'I'm afraid they won't let her dance it any more,' said Sir Harry, who was intent solely on the glories of the Kappa Kappa. "'We shall hardly get any one to do it so well.' "'There'll be something worse than that, I'm afraid,' said Miss Green. Count Costi suggested to Lady Florence that there would certainly be a duel. "'We never fight here in England, Count.' "'Ah, that is bad. A gentleman come and make himself very disagreeable.' If he must fight, perhaps he would hold his tongue. I think we do things better in Paris and Vienna. Lord Giblet volunteered his opinion to Madame Gigi that it was very disgraceful. Madame Gigi simply shrugged her shoulders and opened her eyes. She was able to congratulate herself on being able to manage her own husband better than that. End of chapter 38